0: It's time for the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. On this edition of the Kirby on Sports Podcast, as we hit the last episode of Double Digits. Yes, that is right. Episode 99, we bring you an extensive look of week 14 in the National Football League, including a big game in Cleveland, an upset in Philly, and so much more. Plus, our weekly segment, Line them Up with Zach Ruff, a look at the updated playoff picture, and so much more. But before we begin, we would like to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Regroup Building Services PM Plus Reserves in Shenandoah Primitives. Without their support, this podcast could not happen. So we thank you again to PM Plus Reserves, Regroup Building Services in Shenandoah Primitives. Big thanks, as always, to MPT Now Productions, Dave Johnson, and Productions by Quet as well. All right, it's time for another edition of the Kirby on Sports Podcast. It all starts right now.
1: This is Dave Johnson, voice of the Washington Wizards. You have connected to the right place because you are listening to my man, Josh Kirby, on Sports Podcast.
0: All right. Welcome back. Uh, I'm glad to be back. First and foremost, uh, thank you to Dan Dembski for filling in for me last week. Um, I have missed you all. I missed recording this podcast. It, it, It just goes to show how much I really love this podcast and I love doing what I do in producing and creating this podcast each and every week. And I had some stuff uh, going on, had some stuff to take care of. And Dan was nice enough to take the nod for me. So uh, we're going to bring Dan in here in a second, but thank you for that, Dan. So first and foremost, before we begin, as always, we're sponsored by Regroup building services. We do the honeydews that you're honey not PM plus reserves in Shenandoah primitives. Uh, as always, we can't thank the sponsors enough for all that they do for the Kirby on Sports podcast. Big thanks as well to MPT Now Productions, Dave Johnson, and Productions by Quet for their support of the podcast as well. Um, Dan made a mistake. It was not episode 96. It was oh,
1: why you got to bring that up. <laughs> oh, man.
0: I, I just have Crap. to set the record straight. This is the last episode of single digits. This is episode 99.
1: Double I, digits. Uh,
0: yes, double digits. See, <laughs> see, you're catching me there, Dan. So,
1: yeah, I got you.
0: <laughs> yeah. So anyways, last episode of double digits. I've been doing this for about two plus years. Still going strong, and um, hopefully we will be bringing you sort of a unique episode for episode 100 split into two parts. Still in the works, though, so we'll get back to you on that, but once again, a lot to break down. A lot to break down week 14 in the NFL. So many good games to cover, but we picked a couple to go deep in depth with. Uh before we begin, though, you've heard him, Dan Dembski. Um, good to hear from you again, Dan. Um, yeah. first and foremost, thank you for filling in uh for the podcast last week. You and Grant Atkinson sounded pretty good, and um it, it was great uh to see. Uh, just to listen to the content you brought to the table. So thanks for that. And um, how's everything going?
1: Well, you're very welcome, man. I was, I was honored that you asked me to do it and I was happy to do it. So, you know, there's nothing better. It was, it was a ton of fun. And again, I'd like to thank Grant uh, for coming on a little short notice, but he did a fantastic job and gave great insight. So I knew, I knew he was going to be a good guest and he was, or I guess, co-host in that, that respect, but uh everything's going okay man just uh you know working from home still get getting ready for that snow tomorrow actually got to run out and uh grab the snow shovels here after we're Uh done with this podcast (laughs) (laughs) just to get just to get ready man so i don't have to trek out there so um other than that i i can't complain just trying to get ready for this crazy holiday season that we find ourselves in and 10 days till christmas and it's just crazy just 10
0: days till Christmas. I can I still unreal. can't wrap my head around it.
1: It's it's this year's been a blur, man. It re, it really has. I mean,
0: so. I I mean, I can't believe we're halfway through December. Yeah.
1: I yeah, I I have a
0: feeling once the new year comes, it's going to be everybody will be drinking any sort of alcohol celebrating the exit of 2020 <laughs> and hoping 2021 will be better.
1: Probably, um, that's, that's probably my very true. Yep, it'll be like an end of the world party, except end of the year party sort of thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> one of it's I, one of the worst years ever. I, I, mean, I don't. It, there's no it, doubt about it.
0: I, I mean, I absolutely. Um, I mean, starting with the death of Kobe Bryant, all the yeah. way to this pandemic, and so on and so forth. Most recently, uh Florida basketball player Kayonte Johnson, yeah, he, he had COVID and he was playing in a game, and next thing you know, he just collapses. Mm-hmm. And uh, news reports said from his grandfather he was put into a medically induced coma. So it's crazy. That, that was crazy to um hear about that. He did have COVID earlier in the year though but they don't know if that played a part but just a side note there that was crazy um to to hear something like that i thought that was insane for a i would assume pretty healthy college basketball player you got to maintain a certain diet and exercise routine to be uh, to be an athlete the I would assume, but it was crazy yes, to see yes. it.
1: Yeah. It just goes to show you with this, with this virus, you just, you just never know. I mean, um, you know, so many times we just think that, you know, the elderly and those who have immunocompromised diseases are the only ones who can really be affected by it. But, uh, you know, this, this just goes to show you that we all, we all got to be safe, you know, especially during this time of the holidays and all that. And, um, you never know. He's a perfectly healthy individual, like you said. Um, probably has a very strict diet, obviously exercises a lot, and it's crazy, man. You you never know what's going to happen.
0: Absolutely, and one more sidebar for you, Dan, before we get into this wit Babcock announcement. Oh that Justin Fuente will continue to be the Virginia Tech Hokies head coach moving uh, into
1: the NFL slate for this week <laughs> <laughs>
0: another no comment from Dan
1: <laughs> yeah I'm not I'm not gonna I've already steamed through my anger with that this afternoon so
0: <laughs> all right. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a lot to get to. Let's get started. Dan, once again, glad you're with us. We'll start off week 14 slate with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins. Sort of a similar tale with a t- different team. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs um, uh, like, are trailing for some of this game. Down 10. Patrick Mahomes, as you know, played the Super Bowl at this same stadium. Trail 10, they came back and <laughs> won the Super Bowl. The same story, but with the Miami Dolphins here. I I, I mean, the Dolphins looked very well. Their defense played yeah. good. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had three interceptions for crying out loud. But, uh, I, I mean, th- we've said this before on the podcast. And I'm going to say it again. It's like the chiefs are playing on rookie mode. Yeah. The dolphins tried the everything to stop the chiefs and next thing. You know, the Kansas city chiefs come back with an answer. It was a close game, a very fun game, but the chiefs end up taking this game 33 to 27.
1: Yeah. And I think you said it best. You know, the, the chiefs, I think started this game, um, and they just looked w- well out of sorts, Kirby, and I'm sure you would say the same thing. Um, like you said, the interceptions, I think the f- first or second pick, um, I feel like it was it was back-to-back interceptions on back-to-back drives for Patrick Mahomes. Or there was one and then there was two and three drives, something like that. Um, either way, Miami did everything right early on in this game, Josh. Everything you have to do, to build a lead against a team like Kansas City. But the problem with that is that this is Kansas City. And they <laughs> they can score at will. Never in my lifetime have I seen a team that can just all of a sudden flip a switch and they look like a completely different team. Um, And that was – it was crazy to me because I, I really felt like the way that game started, I'm thinking, oh, man, the Dolphins are actually going to do this thing. This this is crazy, but like you said, ten nothing, and it's like all of a sudden they they had their caffeine, they're hundred percent awake, and then they just went to work. And after that, it was it was a thing of art. And how about in the fourth quarter, Josh, when they really let up, and the Dolphins outscored them seventeen to three in the fourth, and all of a sudden you got a got a one possession game. It it kind of came down, kind of came down to the end there, um, but. Kansas City is just—I've never seen a team that can flip a switch and just be a completely different team from drive to drive. It's—it's it's just insane, and it goes to show you that even if you get ahead against them, you—you you have to step it into another gear. And you know there there's a reason they have they have the one loss, which to me still blows my mind. They lost to the Raiders, <laughs> but we've mentioned that every week, but. The Dolph- Josh, the Dolphins are a good football team, and they're I, I think they're going to be good for a long time, especially in this division now where the Bills are um, really kind of the, the um, team to beat, I think, right now um, with, of course, the Patriots not being what they used to be. But as far as this game goes, I thought the Dolphins played well. They, they did everything they had to do, but like you said and like I said, it doesn't matter against Kansas City. They are just so damn good and it doesn't take much for them to just turn into a completely different team.
0: I, I, I want to sort of go off on the side and talk about the Miami Dolphins, what they have went through. All the heartbreak, the losing seasons. The, this is a team that knows how to rebuild, and the fruits of their labor, for lack of a better term, has paid off. They're eight and five. They have a winning record, and the it, it's starting to pay off. It's not like they're having losing season after losing season. They don't have Adam Gase there. Brian Flores seems to be knowing what he is doing, and yeah, yeah.
1: he's a good coach.
0: I, I mean, two down the road, uh, I can see him being the the face of the franchise. I mean you just gotta tailor the system around Tua and so on and so forth. But you have you have the weapons I, I mean, still, you, they have a good receiving core. Uh, yeah. Giseki, one name um, that comes yeah. to the top of my head, what a playmaker he is. But still, this is the Miami Dolphins, and this is what happens when they build a team through the draft after years and years of rebuilding. Yeah, um, And th- they're doing a great job. They kept it in with Kansas City. And Kansas City on the other end, I feel like the road to the Super Bowl is uh, 99.99% sure going through Kansas
1: City. Oh, no, oh, no doubt. I don't think yeah. there's any doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, sure.
0: Kansas City has not let off the gas pedal ever since beating San Francisco in the Super Bowl last year. And no. Kansas City has a great chance to repeat, and they're well on their way. They're already in the playoffs. And, um, they're well on their way to trying to repeat once again. And I I don't see unless something major happens with Kansas city or somebody, I think Kansas city has the best shot as of right now. That could change next week. That could change the week after. But I think as of this very moment, Kansas city has the best shot to make it into the super bowl for the AFC.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think they're the best team in the National Football League. And, um, you know, even even in that loss against the Raiders, you talk about how their their offense was still hot in that game. So I, they just, they're so insanely talented from top to bottom. There's no reason why they shouldn't be, at least in the AFC Championship game. Um, now, I, I do think they've shown s- some weaknesses in some games, but you can't. You can't have a lead, a small lead in the fourth quarter against this team and give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes because he's he's going to beat you, Josh. I mean, that's just the bottom line. He is so freaking good, man. And it, his connection with his targets and the, the weapons he has is just bananas. It's crazy to watch. Um, and then I just want to say one quick thing um, about the Dolphins. I, like, I really like what two has done to spread the ball around, Josh, just looking at these the stats. You had, you know, four receivers with five or more catches or five or more targets in this game. I really like what has done. He, he doesn't really have a go-to guy. And I, I think being a rookie quarterback, being able to spread the ball out like that, that's certainly something that's very dangerous and I think understated in the National Football League because a lot of times we talk about how a quarterback has built up a rapport with the receiver. But I think in, in this situation, it's – it could be very lethal for the future of that division and you know i'm not going to say the dolphins are a super bowl team in the, in the future because I, I you know you, we never know but certainly i i like what i've seen from Tua and i like what i've seen from the the dolphins so far and they just they just didn't do enough to beat the chiefs that's the bottom line
0: yeah absolutely and the the chiefs are still on a roll um still just powering through 12-1, so,
1: and one, and they make it look so easy. It's just crazy. Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely. Let's just play Madden on rookie, and we can try to <laughs>
1: go undefeated. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> 33-27 in that game as the Kansas City Chiefs defeat the Miami Dolphins. The next game on our docket, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Minnesota Vikings. I watched a good bit of this game. I was surprised Joe Buck and Troy Aikman got this game, a one <laughs> o'clock game. But Yeah, it was that, it
1: was weird for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm like, like, when does Joe and Troy go on at one o'clock? And anyways, I mean, the Vikings, they were on a roll and Tampa Bay dropped two straight. Tampa Bay, a much needed win once again. They're eight and five. But the Minnesota Vikings, they looked like they were on a roll, and, I, like, they scored early. And I thought, w- wow, are they actually beating Tampa Bay? And I thought the Vikings were on the verge of, like, pulling off a big upset. But then you have the kicker, Dan Bailey. <laughs> and that's what cost them the game.
1: Yeah, he was terrible.
0: What Was it four or five missed field goals in an extra point?
1: Let me pull up the box.
0: I, I, I forget the complete numbers here, but I believe that, yeah, Dan Bailey 0 for 3 and a missed extra point. So three missed field goals in one missed extra point. He did not convert in this game. That is 369, nine points unaccounted for because your kicker couldn't make a kick. Plus that extra point that adds a point under the tux- touchdown. So, yeah, granted, let, let's just do a hypothetical here, Dan, really quick. Yeah. 14 plus nine, that's 23. If you make those field goals, it's 26 to 23. It'd be a lot closer of a game. It may be 24 if that's the plus extra, extra point.
1: point yeah. Right.
0: So, this game could have been a lot closer if it wasn't for Dan Bailey. And I, I just have to say, wow! I cannot believe it. The Vikings have had kicking issues in the past, and they're having <laughs> it yet again. A little bit. <laughs> Blair Walsh in Minnesota. Don't forget, don't forget uh,
1: a twenty-three-yard field goal. One of the worst kicks I've ever seen. <laughs>
0: Tom Brady on the other side, he looked pretty good. 15 for 23, 196 yards and two touchdowns. Running game was average total, 107 yards rushing. And but pretty much I thought Minnesota could have given Tampa Bay a run for their money. But Dan Bailey missed those field goals. And that's points that are not accounted for because of the missed field goals.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, but I think you got to give some credit here to, to Tampa's defense. You know they've been gashed a lot this year, yeah. um, and and Kirk Cousins has played really well the last couple games. He's re- actually he's really stepped up in recent games. And a lot of people think, well, here here comes Kirk Cousins finally going to be worth the money. <laughs> but at least at least that's what I said. I don't I, don't, I can't speak for other people. Um, but they really kept him in check, Josh. And I think that was the key thing in this game. Um, you know, it's just, just one touchdown pass, 225 yards, not, not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I give credit where credit's due. They, they did what they had to do. Um, now, like you said, I think the field goals are the storyline of this game, because if you hit that plus the extra, the three kicks plus the extra point, excuse me, it's 26, 24. And then, and then, and then you really never know, you know, so. Um yeah the 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 Vikings are kind of a weird team. They um god they I just can't seem to figure them out in general. Um of course they're not going to they're not going to catch the Packers in the division and I'm pretty sure they're out of the playoffs. If if they're not officially out of the playoffs, they're pretty close. You know, they they're just they're just a weird team. I just can't figure them out. They they seem to play down to their competition more than anything else. Cause remember they beat the Packers coming out of their bye week at Lambeau field back in November. So
0: yeah. Yeah. If I could add on to that, the Vikings sure. seem to be a really inconsistent team. Yeah. Her cousins, one game can throw three interceptions, no touchdowns and Dolvin cook, not doing a darn thing. And then you have a week, like you said, after the bye week where Dolvin cook runs the hell out of the football and, beats the Packers so yep. the, the Vikings could be a lot more better of a team if they stay consistent and well they
1: should be better they should yeah, be. they
0: should be and the, the, the they're really not and uh, like you said Tampa Bay's defense stepped up and uh, helped them out in winning this football game as well so I, I think Minnesota really needs to sit down during the off season, whether they make the playoffs or not and evaluate what needs to be done to be a more consistent football team moving forward.
1: Yeah. I think part of their problem is they don't have many weapons outside of Adam Thielen. And of course, Dalvin cook, you know, they, they have a bunch of guys who are, it's kind of a patchwork offense, really. Um, so I, I think that's part of the issue, and you got to address the offensive line too, like we have, like you have throughout Kirk Cousins' career, where he s- doesn't seem to have much protection. It seems to be the same problem here in Minnesota too. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think they have they have a lot to work on. Um, I I do think the the Vikings have, a, you know, their defense is okay. They definitely have a lot of work to do though, um, especially when it comes to rushing the passer. But i like i i'm not going to say i like what they do now I, i i like what they can do in the future um but you never know in this division i mean outside of green bay this division is pretty much wide open i think and the way we've seen the bears play and the vikings play this year which has kind of been back and forth um this this division could be interesting moving forward absolutely
0: to, to add on one more thing, I think, sure. Kirk Cousins, I, to, I think Kirk Cousins has two weapons that he uses a lot. Adam Thielen and a guy, a receiver I really like for the Vikings, Justin,
1: Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, yeah, 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 I forgot about, he, about him. Yep.
0: He has played very, very well over the past couple of games, and I have really liked his performance. This is a valuable asset that the Vikings need to keep as a weapon for Kirk cousins. Other than that, I, I, I'm not really sure who else has stood out for the Minnesota Vikings. Irv Smith, the tight end, he has played decent, but I I mean, I feel like the Vikings should add another receiver, big name receiver to add to Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson uh, to make a full receiving core. And Other than that, just add bits and pieces to make them more consistent.
1: Yeah. And and one quick last thing I'll say is, you know, he's Kirk Cousins is making big time money. So, you know, after 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 a while, you know, those type of quarterbacks, you know, you're not going to be able to afford maybe a top end free agent receiver. You're going to have to really nurture guys through the draft. So I think that's going to be their best option moving forward. Because you're not going to be able to go out in free agency and sign a big name wide receiver because you have Kirk Cousins on your payroll who's soaking up all that money. So, (laughs) you know, that's I think that's one reason why. And I hate to go off track here a little bit, but I'm just going to mention this. Like, that's one reason why the Patriots were so good for so long is that Brady was willing to take a pay cut. Brady was willing to take a lot less money and they could invest in places that they needed to invest in. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying that's going to happen here or it should happen here i'm just saying that you know they're not going to be able to spend a whole lot of money because of kirk cousins contract
0: absolutely right there so wrapping up that game the tampa bay buccaneers 26 the minnesota vikings 14 moving on the indianapolis colts improved to nine and four over the las vegas raiders 44 to 27 The reason why I wanted to talk about this game is because the Raiders, uh, uh, they're seven and six. Is it time to hit the panic button, Dan? Is it really time to hit the panic button for the Raiders? Because they're dropping a lot of games and the Raiders seem like a better team than what they are. Um, And the Colts came out and had a pretty big statement win here. So I, I want to get your thoughts on that first and foremost.
1: Yeah, well, they've, they've, they've lost three of their last four. And, you know, you remember last week, they, they had, had to hail Mary at the end of the game to beat the Jets. So, <laughs> I mean, absolutely, it's time to hit the panic button for this season. You know, this, this is not a playoff team. Which is really bizarre because you, you know, coming out of their bye week, they, the, you know, they, they lost to Tampa Bay, but then they go on the road and beat Cleveland and the Chargers, and then they beat Denver. You know, they were riding a, a real high there in November, but, you know, they've just struggled at the tail end of November and now into, into December, and they really haven't recovered. Um, I think it is time to hit the panic button, though. And, you know, the Colts are a good football team, Josh. I, You know, regardless, they've they had a couple of ugly losses, but they're a great football team. So, you know, there's there's no reason for them to be upset about losing that game. Now, I think the way they lost, especially giving up 17 points in the fourth quarter is quite concerning. Um, Yeah, because it was evenly
0: matched throughout the whole game. And then the Colts, 17 points to their seven.
1: Yeah. And turnovers don't help. You know, Derek Carr, two interceptions. I really think, and this you could probably say this for all thirty-two teams. You know, they go. You know, the the team goes as Derek Carr goes. You know, they play based on how he plays, and I I know that's kind of cliche, and it's probably said a million times. But you know, he did didn't have a great game. Turned the football over twice, and they were just sloppy, and they they didn't take care of the football. You know, and that that to me is the main main difference here. So, it is time to hit the panic button. They're they're not a playoff team this year, you know. But we've seen glimpses of what they can do, like like beating the Chiefs. You know, almost beating them twice. Um, they they've had their good moments this year, Josh. They, you know, they also beat the Saints. Like, this this team is just they're they're just very hard to figure out. So, um, they're they're done for this season. I think they have a lot of problems on defense. That's the main thing they got to address. And, you know, I, I just don't know if Derek Carr's the guy. I really don't. I feel like he's gotten a lot of opportunities after, you know, after early on in his career when he had a good start to his career. He just hasn't stepped up since then. So, there's there's room for concern here. And, you know, I, th- I think it goes beyond just this season for the Raiders.
0: And... To think that at the beginning of the season, I would think Phillip Rivers would be washed up and not play well. Right For a 9-4 and four Colts team, Phillip Rivers is looking pretty darn good.
1: And, you know, this is something I said last week. He's really built up quite the rapport with his receivers. And I said rapport during the last game we covered. Um, anyway... <laughs> i gotta i gotta read like a thesaurus or something i gotta start getting some new words um i'll make that my new year's resolution um (laughs) no but he josh he's really impressed me of late um really after the second half of the season you really started to see him click in this offense it's different than the offense he was playing so you know when when you play in one system for as long as he did and all of a sudden you have to change uh that and you have a whole new supporting cast around you and not to mention during COVID, he, he's really stepped up and done a fantastic job. And I've, I've been really impressed with Philip Rivers. And now, you know, at the beginning of the season, like you mentioned, we were talking about how he was old and washed up. He was going to retire at the end of the season. And, you know, at most he would play another season after this. And all of a sudden we're talking about, you know, maybe, maybe we offer him a two-year contract at the end of this year. And let him finish out his career as a Colt. I don't know. I, I'm not going to make that judgment. But he's played well down the stretch. And, Kirby, that's that's when you need that strong quarterback play is those last six to seven weeks of the season. And he's he's done that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not Not much more to say about that game. But the Indianapolis Colts look very good. They might be on their way to the playoffs here very soon. Uh, nothing has been set in stone in the playoff picture with them, but we will get to the standings and stuff more towards the end of the show. Moving on to the next game on our docket, the Washington football team and the San Francisco mm. 49ers. My goodness. T- talk about a very, very interesting game. Washington could not produce Anything on mm-hmm. offense? McK- yeah, you have Antonio Gibson out with turf toe. J.D. McKissick eleven carries, sixty-eight yards. Peyton Barber twelve carries, thirty-seven yards. It it was very interesting. Um, in San Francisco, half their squad got banged up again.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it was it's ridiculous. Insane. It's insane.
0: Like, D, Who was it? I, I forget the receiver's name, Debo Samuel.
1: Deep, yeah, yep, yeah,
0: yep. He went out early. You got Trent Williams who went down with an injury. I, I saw this game and I was like, what a crazy game. And Alex Smith, I was watching him throughout the entirety of when he was in. He just didn't look comfortable at all. And next thing you know, there's a report the, that he has a strained calf which thank God it isn't anything worse Mm -hmm. because it is on the leg that he broke. Yeah. And Dwayne Haskins has to come in. So Haskins seven for 1251 yards after Alex Smith, eight for 1957 yards. And this game could have easily been won by the San Francisco 49ers. But, uh, I mean, it came down to an interception that g- got called incomplete because the receiver used the ground to pick the football off. So mm-hmm. a- anyways. Um,
1: I like that analysis. That's very good. It's almost like you're a fan of them. Crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyways, <laughs> this game for Washington was won by the defense. Yeah, yeah, you had a pick six by Cam Curl, and you had a fumble recovery scoop and score by Chase Young. Chase Young is impressive, he is exceptional, and Washington has a great player to come in years to come with Chase Young. Cam Curl looked good with that with that pick six. And, I I mean, just not a lot of offensive production. Uh, I'm not going to really go into much about Dwayne Haskins because he just got...
1: You didn't see much from him, though. I
0: I mean, he just got thrown in there. There wasn't a game plan Uh. tailored to Dwayne Haskins. But if Alex Smith is unable to go for next week's game against Seattle, the Washington football team should tailor a game plan to suit Dwayne Dwayne Haskins so he can succeed because Haskins has shown bright spots but other times he has shown poor play yeah so tailor the game plan for Dwayne Haskins just in case Alex Smith can't go that's my opinion on what Washington should do going into their next game against Seattle, but defense won it for them. And
1: that's what I was going to say. San
0: Francisco. They just had a ton of injuries, 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 injuries. I couldn't believe it. The Washington football team had their fair share of injuries, but it, it was a great game. Very nerve wracking from a fan's perspective. And, um, but they got the job done and, They made it back into sole possession of first place in the NFC East after the Arizona Cardinals beat the New York giants in the early slate of games.
1: Yeah. I don't have much to add. I I think your analysis was spot on. Of course, like I said, you are a fan of the team, so you should know what you're talking about and you definitely do. Um, Yeah. You mentioned the injuries, not just Debo Samuel, of course, but, but Raheem Mostert as well. And you're exactly right. The Washington defense won this game, you know, had gave up just 65 yards to Raheem Mostert. And I I, I thought really they were going to struggle in this game against him. Give them a ton of credit Their The Washington defensive line, not just Chase Young, but their defensive line in general is set for a long time to come. I think uh, to dominate, especially in a division where, you know, not to crap on any of the quarterbacks in the NFC East, but none of them are that great. None of the offensive lines are that great. This, this is a group that could really dominate for years to come, um, and they, they certainly did in this game. Uh, and, they, you know, San Francisco had to throw it, you know, Nick Mullins had to throw it 45 times, which to me is just mind-blowing to see a guy like Nick Mullins have to throw it that many times. Uh, a touchdown and, and an interception. But give credit where credit's due also, you know, they were able to force three turnovers, and that to me was the biggest difference in this game only giving up 15 points playing as well as they did defensively. The offense doesn't have to put up 35, 40 points in a situation like that. And that's exactly what we saw. Um, This, this was a game they had to win Josh. And I think um, even though San Francisco somehow was favored in this game, which again, I just don't understand how that works. Vegas sometimes makes predictions that I just don't get Uh, after Washington you know based on how well Washington has played of late um this is a game they had to win and of course next week they have to host Seattle that's going to be a tough game but these are the kind of games you have to win late in the year to win a division especially in the NFC East where you know there's still a chance that a team with a losing record might make the playoffs um so this is a great win for Washington it wasn't pretty but they got it done um they're definitely going to have to get some more production next week against Seattle. You're facing a much better offense, um, depending on which Seattle team decides to show up, I suppose. As as a
0: fan, as a fan, I'm not looking forward to facing Seattle.
1: Yeah. And, and they, um, they, you know, they had a dominating win this weekend too. So we saw their offense get back on track. So certainly it's not ideal, but your, your defense keeps you in games. I, I, I don't know if they can dominate Russell Wilson. I don't expect that to happen, but I certainly think they can keep you in the game. It's just a matter of, will your offense be able to score enough? Um, and especially the running backs, McKissick, Barber, and Sims. Will those guys be able to get going? And provide some relief to, you know, if Dwayne Haskins is going to play because they need to get the running game going if they're going to have success on offense, for sure.
0: Yeah, so... um I, I want to get your thoughts, though. Uh, what what have you liked from Chase Young in uh, his time with Washington so far? As a Baltimore fan, I'd like to get your perspective on what you see from Chase Young and if he could be a future leader for this Washington football team.
1: He's just a guy who has this fantastic motor. He never gives up on a play. Um And really, he's dominated a lot of matchups he's had um, against some of the best offensive linemen right now in the National Football League. So my thoughts are, you know, I've been extremely impressed with how he's played. He's played like a guy who's been in the league for five or six years at his position. That's not an easy position to come into the National Football League and go against some of these big, strong players. But I also like... What he's been able to do—not just like making tackles and sacking the quarterback and things like that—it's like it's the it's the forcing the turnovers and you know creating extra possessions for your offense. He he really is the complete package, Josh. I think he is the defensive rookie of the year. I'm not sure about defensive player of the year that or not or um um rookie of the year rather. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think that there's a couple players who are deserving of that as well, but I definitely think he's a defensive rookie of the year just because he's dominated in just about every game. Um, and like I said, he already has embraced the role of leader and that is such a huge thing for a rookie to do. And I've been extreme, extremely impressed. They, they really, they, they have to sign him long-term after his rookie contracts up because, you know, you hate to compare him to someone like Sean Taylor, who is really the last great defensive player, you know that that was the heart and soul of that defense in Washington for just a couple short years, unfortunately, um, tragically. But you know, the, it almost has that sort of feel to it. Um, now, different positions, obviously, and and very different players. But I just—he's just fun to watch. He he really is. He he he's all over the field, and and he's a gamer, man. He just makes plays, and you. Know, you know, I, I have nothing but respect for what he's been able to accomplish so far um, in his transition from college to the NFL. What? Now, maybe he'll have a soft maybe he'll have a sophomore slump. Um, you know, that tends to happen with guys who have these kind of rookie seasons. But, you know, if, if, he, if he gets better, you know, he, he can be a dominant player for a long time in the National Football League.
0: Yeah, 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 going on what you said about Sean Taylor, I actually saw a tweet that I literally just now sent over to you, Dan, so you could see what I'm talking about. They did a side-by-side of Chase Young's scoop and score on Sunday and the Sean Taylor go. scoop and score in Philadelphia. It was pretty similar, and I it brought back some memories of when Sean Taylor was playing as a Washington football player And I I sort of thought it was crazy how similar the two plays looked, but yeah, yeah. that is,
1: that's insane. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. but That's a great tweet. Thank you for sending that to me. I like that a lot.
0: So Washington football team six and seven, they've doubled their win total from the previous season Uh, takes first place in the NFC East um, for the time being, who who knows what's going to happen in that division. Um, Another game, crazy in the division. En- another game in the NFC is the Dallas Cowboys. Andy Dalton going into Cincinnati and routing them thirty to seven. Cowboys improved to four and nine. And what a shocker here! The Philadelphia Eagles finally decide to make a change. They bench Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts comes in and they stun the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans the clear favorites, yeah, not according to Dan because Dan thinks Taysom Hill is overrated.
1: He is overrated. I'm and still I, gonna I, say that.
0: I mean, I I don't have an uh, I don't have an opinion <laughs> on Taysom Hill other than <laughs> than the fact that he is a Swiss Army knife. That that's all no, I'm he's getting. Say. Overrated he's over... or not, What there's no other position in the league like Taysom Hill. Doing anything and everything. So yeah, yeah, you know, granted, the overratedness could have been exposed more because uh-huh. Jalen mm-hmm. hurts in the Eagles 24 to 21. Let's take a look at Jalen's stats. 17 for 30, not the best, 167 yards and a touchdown. But Miles Sanders. 14 carries 115 yards, and Jalen Hurts another 106 yards. I loved Jalen Hurts coming out of college in this game. It's only the beginning, but I see a bright future. He has already been named the starter against Arizona next week for Philly, so who knows if this could be permanent, if Carson Wentz could be be shipped off. It's still pretty early. I don't want to Saying rumors or anything like that, obviously, but I, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I just couldn't believe the Eagles finally got the spark that they need. And Carson Wentz just wasn't getting it done. And Doug Peterson, credit to Doug Peterson for being the coach and making the change because the Eagles were going downhill very quickly, could mm-hmm. not produce a single thing. And Jalen Hurts, I, I, I see nothing but a bright future. I, I, I like the guy. I liked what he did at Oklahoma. He was incredible at Oklahoma, and he had a pretty decent ball game. Not much in the air, but he ran for 106 yards. Yeah,
1: yeah, he, he was good on the ground, too. It
0: was, it was great. Um, yeah. yeah. But Taysom Hill, we can expose him more if you want. No, no, no. Uh, You know,
1: (laughs) all all, all I'm going to say about Taysom Hill is, you know, before before he was even playing in games, he was the second highest paid back quarterback in the National Football League with barely any playing time. Now, now I realize, you know, he's a Swiss Army knife and all that. But really, he only plays, you know, two or three plays a game at the most. um, If 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 you go back and look so you know, is, is he worth, you know, his contract is $21 million with 16 million guaranteed. It's a two-year contract. Just crazy to me um, for a guy who at the most spends four or five plays on the field per game, getting paid that much. It's just, that's, that to me speaks, speaks to the overratedness um, of, of him as a player, but he, he had a decent game. Um, this this game was weird in in a lot of ways um, first of all it was weird finally seeing Peterson pick a different quarterback because for so long he had defended Carson wentz and um, Jalen hurts played pretty well i was i was impressed i just think we need to see a larger sample size obviously before we start to say that he's the future of the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: Yeah. Could he be? Um, I mean, sample size is small, but one game, that game He's was one game. Uh, yeah. That yeah. game was one step in the right direction.
1: Well, yeah. I can who, tell you... who
0: knows next next week he might crap the bet,
1: but this was a good start for Jalen Hurts. Well, and RG3 was supposed to be the future of, you know, Washington, but he gets oh, hurt.
0: Good grief.
1: Injuries. <laughs> Injuries happen, you know. That's that's the thing you can never plan for. That no, and they. We, did Jalen
0: Hurts right. Jalen Hurts sat behind Carson Wentz until it was his time, and it's his. Well, time
1: he sat. Now. He sat sat behind him until Carson Wentz was literally costing the Eagles every game <laughs> this season, just about with his terrible accuracy and his, his so many interceptions. Um, this was the right decision, and I think it should have been made several weeks prior. But, you know. I can't say whether or not Jalen or Jalen hurts is the future of the Eagles. I it's just impossible to tell. He played a great game on Sunday. I, I can't deny that. Um, he also didn't turn the football over, which is huge for a rookie quarterback to come in. And um, I'm not saying the saints have the best defense because they don't. Uh, I was also impressed with, with how the Eagles defense played as well, Josh, um, and I'm not sure what your thoughts are. I know, you know, their defense is not very good, uh, but they stepped up in this game. And even without drew Brees, they still had to stop Alvin Kamara and Thomas and Sanders and Jared cook. And the saints just have a ton of weapons. It's just insane. So hats off to the Eagles defense, but hats off to Jalen hurts as well. He played fantastic. Like you said, 106 rushing yards. That's impressive to me. Um, Almost Lamar Jackson-like numbers in a way. Not quite as explosive as Lamar, obviously. And I, I'm not just saying that as a Ravens fan. Just the way Lamar does it is th- there's no one else in the NFL that does it like he does. Yeah. Like he rattles off runs. But, you know, Jalen Hurts could definitely be good in this league. I, I don't deny that. I just don't know if this is something long-term where you can say he's the future of the franchise. That's just difficult to predict because you just don't know. I mean, that's the bottom line. Yeah, um,
0: yeah, absolutely. Their defense they need to, they need
1: to keep him in there, though. I I really do think yeah. they need to keep him in there for the rest of this season, and see how he finishes out the year. If he finishes out well, then you know you have your quarterback for the future right there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, the, their defense, like you mentioned. They have been struggling with injuries, but I, I feel like they've gotten enough key pieces back, and they had a pretty decent ball game. And it, the Eagles, just a spark that they needed in the Saints drop to 10 and 3. The Eagles 24, the Saints 21. Wrapping up our slate of games with two more. The Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers drop two straight. This division with the Bills and the Steelers have gotten a lot closer with the Steelers losing. And it all started when Washington upset (laughs) the Pittsburgh Steelers. How come I take the week off and the next thing you know, as a fan, the Washington (laughs) football team pulls off one of the greatest upsets this
1: season. Maybe you got to take more time off. Maybe it's a sign. (laughs) (laughs)
0: man i'll just say as a side note as a fan i could not believe it i couldn't absolutely not but uh, looking at this game the steelers i think they lost confidence and i mean they're in the playoffs obviously but the bills were coming out they were ready to play Josh Allen, 24 for 43, 238 yards with two touchdowns and a pick. Um, but Stephon Diggs balling out. His go-to target all night was Stephon Diggs. And the Bills just played an all-around decent football game. And, yep. I, I mean, the Steelers, I just think they lost confidence after Washington upset them. I, I, I hate to say it, but... The Steelers lost to a team with no name, and I think they're just <laughs> really hurt. No, but uh, yeah. I, all joking aside, I really feel like that. Yeah, s- they just lost confidence.
1: Yeah, they're going the wrong direction. Uh, they they haven't improved since that game, and actually, if you want to go back um, and and start with the uh, you know when they played the Ravens and they played all those backups. And then, and then you could go to when they lost to um, Washington, of course, was really the downfall. But you really start to see it here in this last part of the season where for some odd reason there's like a disconnect between Ben and his receivers. Um, I, I don't know if it's Ben's age now starting to show Josh or what the case is, but he, you know, he threw a pick six in this game and it was just a terrible read on his part. Uh, one of his two interceptions. So, you know, he just hasn't looked sharp. And, you know, I, I am I concerned with the Steelers? You know, as taking my fandom out of it, because obviously I want them to lose every game they play. That's just me. But, you know, I, I am concerned when I've seen those last couple games, especially on the ground, Josh. This is a team that ran the football very well. In the in the in the first part of the season, you know James Conner, eighteen rushing yards, Jalen Samuels fifteen rushing yards, and Benny Snell fourteen rushing yards. That's not getting the job done. And Josh, when you throw the ball thirty-seven times like Big Ben did on Sunday, and he threw it, let me let me go to the stats real quick. Let me see yeah. what he threw the last couple of games because I'm pretty sure he's in the forties and fifties. Yeah, the last he's the last throw- two or three weeks.
0: Yeah, he's been throwing a ton. And what what's the deal with the Steelers receiving core? Are they eating butterfingers and it's they're yeah. sweating out butterfinger? I mean, they can't catch the ball to save their life.
1: Especially Claypool, you know, a guy who was really solid, probably their star receiver. You know, I, I don't I don't want to say that their cockiness and arrogance got to them, but think about all the TikTok stuff, Juju on TikTok and all that sort of, you know, you know, we're so great mentality that they've had. They're they're a good football team, no doubt. Um, but it really it really went downhill after after that Baltimore game, and it re- they really haven't recovered since. Even though they beat the Ravens back on um, back on December second, yeah. Um, Thirty seven passing attempts against the Bills. He had fifty three against Washington, fifty one against the Ravens, forty six against Jacksonville. So that's the last four games. That just gets predictable, Josh. When you can't run the football, therefore, you can't play action effectively. Therefore, you're just straight dropping back. And defenses know how to play you. And that's that's what I think we've seen. Defenses know what's coming. And, you know, they – I think they got ahead of themselves a little bit when they saw 11-0, but they don't they, – they haven't played like a team that's, you know, that, that was undefeated previously, even – even against good team even against better competition. So I think there's cause for concern. And you know, I you're not gonna you're not gonna win a playoff game thrown at forty five to fifty times and not having a good running game. It's just, you know, regardless of how we talk about the the running game now it's not as important as it used to be. It still is, and, and week in and week out it shows. And it's sh- it showed in this game for sure, and it showed in the last three games now for Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, but going back to the receivers dropping balls, you can't do that. If you're having seven, eight throws targeted straight to you and you drop them, there's no excuse. Claypool looked great during the first part of the season, but he's been dropping a lot of passes, like you said, and there mm-hmm. it's just not looking good. And that's a key. I I don't know what it is. I don't want to say go back to the basics, the fundamentals, and just start over from scratch and learn how to catch a football. But if you <laughs> – yeah. if Big Ben's throwing a ball right to you, and, I, I mean, I, I don't see a reason unless somebody somebody is about to drill you from behind that you don't just catch the ball. Are you scared or something? I I, I mean, I don't get it.
1: Yeah, I- And I don't think that's, and I don't, I don't think there's a simple answer there either. You know, I I don't know if it's something mentally that's not working out for him right now, as far as he's getting too much in his head. Um, You know, he had two catches for 38 yards against Washington and then three, just three catches for 15 yards in this game. It's just not, it's not normal and uh, it's not normal for a player like him, especially. So, you know i i think they have to and you know this this is hard to do in this in this time we live in i think they have to turn off social media they have to get away from it have a great week of practice and just go out and play um because there's there's a lot of red flags here about you know the future of this team when they make it to the playoffs they're 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 going to be a playoff team um even if they lose out um so which would be amazing to start 11 and zero and lose the last five games of the season would just be unprecedented considering how they started. But I think there is concerns here, Josh, and the drops, I mean, you, you have to help big Ben out. Yeah. Um, but James Conner and Jalen Samuels and Benny Snell, they they have to get going too. And it just hasn't been there for them. They're just very predictable on offense and defenses are ready for it. So yeah, um, it's it's definitely concerning as we get towards the end of the season and into the postseason now.
0: Yeah, definitely a change. Pittsburgh looked hot towards the start of the season, but now they've dropped two straight. Who knows? That's not the confidence you need uh going into the later half of the season right before the playoffs. But Buffalo- I'm
1: yeah, and- oh, sorry. No. no, you're good. You know, they say any given Sunday, so you know just just because, just when they were eleven and zero, and people thought they were they had them figured out, and they were gonna have a fantastic end of the season, you know. Maybe they let off on the gas a little bit. I'm not sure what the problem is, but certainly it's definitely an issue at this point.
0: The Buffalo Bills 26, the Pittsburgh Steelers 15. Let's move on to probably what could have been the game of the week. I tell you what, the Baltimore Ravens, they have turned around from looking like they don't know what the heck they're doing to looking like an explosive team. Again, I've told you this is what, this is what you need. An explosive Ravens team. They faced the Browns nine and four and the Browns have been looking good and 47 to 42, the Ravens come back and win. What a crazy game that was. Uh, Dan, I actually want to turn this to you. I want you to uh, cover this game in depth for the listeners, the viewers, since you watched more of it than me. I had other obligations. I did not get to check in, but I saw little bits and pieces. But uh, uh, let me get your thoughts as a fan, as a and as a podcaster about. Uh, what this game was like all around.
1: Let me say first that this was like a big 12 football game with all the points and the lack of defense. So let me just start by saying that um, as far as the Ravens are concerned, they got back to what, what was their winning formula last year, which, which is a run first, have Lamar do what he does best sort of offense. And those of those people that watched that game saw the beginning of the game where Lamar was slipping around his footing wasn't very good. Um, And for the first half, the Browns really did a pretty good job. Um, You know, the Ravens had a, had a 21, 14 lead at halftime. Um, But they came out in the second half and played just a really solid game. And like I said, some of those big plays from last night with Lamar Jackson were shades of his MVP season. Um, He only threw the ball 17 times, 163 yards and a touchdown. But he doesn't have – he's not one of those quarterbacks who has to throw it like Baker did 47 times. 30 more passing attempts for Baker. That's just insane. But Lamar gets it done with his legs. Nine rushes, 124 yards, and two touchdowns. Josh, the big play, a 44-yard run that set up a touchdown later on in the drive. And he had several long runs in this game. All season, the Ravens have seemed to tell Lamar Jackson, we don't want you to run like you did last year because you're going to get hurt. If if, if we remember here a little bit about last season, Lamar didn't really get injured. He didn't really take a whole bunch of hit, hits because he was always able to duck out of bounds. And that's what we saw last night as well. He would get out of bounds and avoid hits. And everything clicked for him. The best play of the game was first of all, he had to go to the locker room midway early in the fourth quarter because of cramps. And that gave the Browns all the momentum. They took it, they took the ball down the field. They scored, I think it was 14 unanswered points, took the one point lead, and it, it, it looked like it looked like all hope was lost, essentially. Or wait, I got that. <laughs> it was 28 hold on you
0: watched the game bud
1: I know but it was I was too excited it was all a blur yeah uh,
0: can I just chime in and say
1: absolutely that, I, I
0: I mean I I just want to re-emphasize my point Baltimore looked more like an explosive team they have mm-hmm. shown that in the past couple of weeks and This win is a pretty big win because I thought Baltimore was going to be hitting the panic button and they weren't going to turn this around Baltimore at eight and five. They still have a good chance to make it into the playoffs. And yeah, still, they got to keep their foot on the gas pedal. This was a huge win against a Browns team that are thirsty for wins. No doubt, they are thirsty, and I, I, I mean the Cleveland Browns. Their uh, their fans are excited. Excited. The players are playing well, and they're gonna fight for every last inch to get into the playoffs this year for Cleveland. And Baltimore to come to Cleveland and beat them made a statement. Momentum is on Baltimore's side moving forward for the time being.
1: Yeah, and this this was a game going into the fourth quarter that the Ravens had all the momentum, 34-20 to 20 game. Looked like they were going to escape with a win, and I think sort of let off the gas a little bit, and that was when Lamar had to go to the locker room, and it seemed like he was back there forever. And in that time, the Browns came alive. Baker Mayfield hits Higgins for a 21-yard touchdown then the browns get the two point conversion so all of a sudden it's 34 to 28 so trace mcsorley comes in hollywood brown drops a pass on third down it would have been a first down right in his hands like he had has most of the season and i you know at that point i in my the back of my mind i'm thinking this game's over the browns drove right down the field 12 plays scored a touchdown kicked the extra point all of a sudden the browns lead and on the, on the very next drive for the Ravens, a drive that they had to get some sort of points to win, Trace McSorley gets hurt. Um, his knee buckled under him, and it just, it just was not very good. Um, Lamar comes in fourth and five, rolls out to his right. Again, keeping the play alive with his feet, Josh, which is, which is something that he hasn't done a whole lot of this year, at least not as much as he has last year. Fires a rocket to Marquise Brown, who takes it in, 44-yard touchdown. And all of a sudden, the Ravens have the lead again. And they get the two-point conversion. Seven-point game. But there's plenty of time left for Cleveland. And, the you know, Cleveland, I'm not going to say they're like the Chiefs. But they kind of did play like the Chiefs in this game. A lot of their scoring drives were fast. And this, less than a minute drive, Josh, they went 75 yards, 22-yard touchdown pass to Kareem Hunt. And, I mean, I had the wind taken out of my sails at that point. Um, the Browns go ahead and decide to kick the extra point, and all of a sudden, we got a tied game at 42-42. And then Lamar, with probably his best drive of his career so far, hooks up with Mark Andrews twice in a big way, gets them in field goal range, and the greatest kicker in NFL history knocks home a 55-yarder for the unbelievable win. And then, of course, some weird play that the Browns tried to run the backwards pass all the way into the end zone for a safety but that really was that was confusing to say the least they should have just chucked the ball down the field I thought but um, so that's how the game ended it was an unbelievable game um, the Ravens defense they they really got gashed in this game but you got to consider who you're playing you're playing against a really 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 good Browns offense with a lot of weapons and they could run and throw the ball really well. And Lamar just doing what he did all most of last season, which is using his legs to extend plays, be able to create plays down the field by moving around in the pocket and also running and running for big chunks of yardage. All of those things were key in this game for the Ravens. And this, this, this was a must win game, Josh. Um, so now they're eight and five. They're right in the, they're right outside the playoff picture. Um, and actually, today they are literally they're tied with the Dolphins for that seventh seed, which is huge going forward. And their schedule is pretty favorable at this point. I think they have Jacksonville next week, so um, I'm I'm very excited. The Browns are a fantastic football team, Josh. They're not going anywhere anytime yep, soon.
0: Absolutely,
1: this division is going to be really interesting. I was talking with a friend of mine last night who's a Ravens fan. You know, obviously we talked about not just the Ravens and Browns, but also the the Bengals, even though they've had a tough season. You know, Joe Joe Burrow, he played well before his injury. So, you know, they're, they're going to be a team that's dangerous too in the next couple years. And Pittsburgh is, Pittsburgh's still there, obviously. I mean, you never know, you know, what the future is going to hold with Ben Roethlisberger and things like that. But this is a great division. This was a classic AFC North game. And I definitely think it was the game of the season. It had everything that that NFL fans want to see. Um, And I was just so happy to see Lamar play like old Lamar from last year and finally be able to run around and just blows my mind to see what he can do when he gets moving. He's his acceleration and his speed is, is just something to something to behold for sure.
0: Yeah. I I mean, this game was probably the game of the week. In my opinion, I saw some highlights, but I know you were pretty excited about it. Oh
1: man. Yeah, and I, I of course I couldn't sleep, so I was up till one o'clock in the morning, finally got to sleep and <laughs> had to get up this morning for work, so I was pretty groggy today. But wow. it was definitely it was definitely worth it. It was, you know, it's better than the alternative where you have to go to sleep after your team loses a game like this late in the year. So Absolutely um,
0: no doubt I, about it.
1: I'm very excited for for the Ravens. I think they're getting they're getting hot at the right time now. This is when they need needed to step up and you know the who knows they might see the Browns again in the in the postseason if they do make it um, but this this was just a really fun game and a heart pounding game and probably not advised for people who have hard conditions to watch either or who are fans of these two teams
0: <laughs> absolutely so the Baltimore Ravens 47 the Cleveland Browns 42 let's go ahead and uh break down the playoff picture as of today as of the uh, week 14 games have wrapped up so sure. I, I i just want to go sort of just run it down mm-hmm. really quick starting with the afc the kansas city chiefs at 12 and one get the first round by then you have the division leaders uh, no i'm sorry the pittsburgh steelers 11 and 2 the Buffalo Bills 10 and 3, the Tennessee Titans 9 and 4. The three wild card teams the Cleveland Browns 9 and 4, the Indianapolis Colts 9 and 4, and the Miami Dolphins 8 and 5. You have the NFC, the Green Bay Packers cl- uh, clinch the NFC North. They are 10 and 3, still looking good. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, complete greatness. Um, But 10 and three, they get the first round by right under them. The new Orleans saints, 10 and three, the Los Angeles Rams, nine and four, the Washington football team, six and seven, man, man it just looks weird. All these teams have winning records. And then you have the Washington football team <laughs> with a yeah. six and seven record. <laughs> then you have the Seattle Seahawks, nine and four, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 8-5 in the wild card and the Arizona Cardinals 7-6 yeah. and six in the wild card. So yep. Yep. is there anything that stands out to you in this playoff picture for Week 14?
1: Well, I'll tell you what I'm looking for, and that is the Colts and the Titans. That's 6-4 and four spot in the AFC. They both have the same record, have obviously played already played each other twice this season, so they're not going to get a chance for revenge against each other Um, So really those two teams will be tracking down the line um, to see how they finish out. They've both had fantastic seasons, especially the Colts who, you know, like we mentioned, who started the season off on a little bit of a sour note, but have really put it together recently. Um, That's going to be an exciting race down, down the line. And then of course I think Cleveland is, is Cleveland as well. Um, Of course they have the giants this, this weekend. um, But you know, don't look too fast. If Pittsburgh loses out, you know, there's, you know, even if Pittsburgh, you know, loses, even if Pittsburgh wins just one game of, of, of what they have left, you know, Cleveland's got an opportunity there to take over that division lead and all of a sudden they'll have, they'll have a top four seed. So something to watch for. And those two teams play in week 17. So that's going to be another thing to watch out for as well. Um, other than that, I mean, I think, I think Buffalo's pretty much, you know, solidified it, even though they're not officially official yet. Um, you know, they, I think they're going to, they're going to take care of business, you know, on the road against Denver. And then I think pretty much they, they lock up that division, but overall, I, I, I kind of think the, the AFC is stronger than the NFC um, in general. If, um, And then on the NFC side, obviously a battle between fourth and fifth seed this weekend with Washington tr- um, hosting Seattle. That's going to be a good game. Definitely a challenge for your Washington football team um, going up against a, a Seattle team that's gotten back on track here recently after a couple of tough games. But um, th- other than that, there really aren't any games on that NFC side this weekend, Josh, where the two teams really battling for a playoff spot play each other in the in those top seven seeds. So um this it's exciting. Every season it comes down to the last three or four weeks of the season and to fill at least one or two playoff spots. Um and there's there's a couple of those sort of matchups this year. And I just love this time of year, man. It's it's getting cold. It's football weather Oh man, I love it. I I love the NFL playoffs, and I'm I'm excited to see how this thing shapes up at the end of the season. There
0: is nothing better. Nothing better in the playoffs. Nothing better. Best
1: best professional sports league uh, as far as playoffs are concerned, I think.
0: I I love it. Absolutely. So let's run through some nuggets. Um the first nugget I have from week 14, the New England Patriots will be sitting at home, not (laughs) Playing for a Super Bowl this year.
1: Shout out, Jason Urie. <laughs> Why'd
0: you do that? No.
1: Well, he can't be mad at me. They've won how many Super Bowls with with Brady oh, and Belichick? No. So you know they oh, they, no. they they need they needed a down season. Oh, so. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I. But anyways, I I can't believe it. New England will be sitting at home on their couch.
1: Mm-hmm. It's crazy, man. And, you know, Cam Newton, again, didn't have a very good game. And it, and it showed just just three measly points to show for it. And, uh, yeah, they they kind of get what they deserve there. So I still feel um, like yeah. Bill
0: Belichick will have a plan um, for next season. And yeah, Bill Belichick's one of the greatest
1: coaches of all time. And for he sure. will
0: make something work.
1: For sure. And, you know, six and seven not not the worst record. I mean, if you can, if, if they do win out, you know, they, they have still have a winning record. So um, after how they played this year in some games and um, they've really had some bad performances, Cam Newton really has nobody around him, Josh. I don't think anyone's going to argue that he does. And if Belichick's able to even get them to eight and eight, I think that's a big accomplishment with what he's working with. He's still the greatest coach of all time. And if he's not the greatest, he's definitely up there but it makes me smile to see that they'll be sitting at home in january for the first time since 2008 2000 yeah, t- yeah yep crazy. 2008
0: it's crazy brady, to say the least
1: yeah and they were and they were 10-6 that season it was the it was, um brady tarris's acl matt castle starting quarterback they still finished with a good record but they missed the playoffs so i believe Absolutely. the dolphin the dolphins won the division that year so that's, some, that's some little, a little factoid for you.
0: The next nugget the Seattle Seahawks 40, the New York Jets 3, the New York Jets fall to 0 and 13. Mm-hmm. Why is Adam Gase still employed in this National Football League?
1: I, I, a lot of people have been asking that question since about week three. This game, there's really nothing to say about it. It was just.
0: It's not the game, it's Adam Gase and why he's still the coach of the New York Jets.
1: I know. I know. Greg I don't...
0: Williams an atrocious <laughs> play call, and he gets fired. And he gets
1: fired, right? What about
0: right. Adam Gase?
1: <laughs> He's kind of got those creepy eyes. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's why. Maybe they're scared to fire him because he'll like go crazy or something. But.
0: I don't know. There's but... nothing
1: There's nothing to say about this game other than the fact that the Seahawks are playing on rookie and the Jets are playing on all pro as they seem to do every single week.
0: Congra-
1: <laughs> congratulations on the Donuts Jets still 0 13. Fantastic.
0: They still have the first pick in the NFL draft.
1: That's not going to change yep. <laughs> even if they do win a game. So
0: absolutely. Those are the nuggets. Not a lot else from week 14. Coming up on the other side, line them up with Zach Ruff. Let's hear what Zach has to say about the week ahead in
2: Week 15. Zach, take it away. Welcome to the Week 15 edition of Line Em Up. I'm Zach Ruff of ProFootballAction.com and at the Zach Mamba on Twitter. Let's get right into it. First up, we've got the Buffalo Bills at Denver Broncos. The Bills are six and a half point favorites. The over-under is set at 53 The Bills covered last week against the Steelers and are 8-5 against the spread and 8-4-1 in over-unders on the year. Quarterback Josh Allen is having his best season to date as he continues to improve year over year. Buffalo is 3rd in the league in passing yards per game. Their defense put on a good show against Pittsburgh, but are 15th in the league in points allowed per game. Denver is one game away from elimination from the postseason and this is likely the end for them. They cannot stay healthy. They're 4th worst in the league in points scored per game and bottom 3rd in points allowed. Buffalo was a 2.5-point favorite against the Steelers, so I'll bet they have no trouble covering a touchdown this week against Denver. Take the Bills and the under in this one. Next up, we've got the New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins are only a 2-point favorite over the team that got absolutely smoked by the Rams last week. The over-under is set at 41 and a half. Miami makes its money on defense, allowing the second-lowest points per game, the lowest third-down conversion percentage in the league, and are tied for most takeaways per game with Pittsburgh. They are currently one game ahead of Las Vegas and are in the final wildcard spot by virtue of the tiebreaker over Baltimore. The Dolphins control their own destiny, but face the Raiders and Bills to finish the year. A win here makes things a little less stressful the next two weeks. New England is still in the playoff race, though they would need to win out and get a lot of help. Beating Miami this week would give them a nice head start. The Patriots did beat Miami in week one, but both teams are in different positions now. One week they put up 45, the next they scored just three. Miami is far and away the league best at 10-3 and three against the spread, but only 5-8 and eight in over-unders. New England is 6-7 and seven against the spread and 4-9 and nine in over-unders. Miami, 2-cover, 4 sure and the under. Finally, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs at New Orleans Saints. The Chiefs are a 2.5-point favorite on the road with the over under set at 50.5. Kansas City fell behind last week, took a commanding lead, and then gave up 17 fourth-quarter points to Miami. Patrick Mahomes had just his second three-interception game in his career, but did complete 24 of his 34 passes for 393 yards and two touchdowns. For some reason, head coach Andy Reid force-fed Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who only managed two yards per carry. I don't care how many interceptions Patrick Mahomes throws, that's just terrible. The Saints lost just their third game of the season against the Eagles, with Jalen Hurts getting his first career start. They also allowed Miles Sanders to have a field day, rushing 14 times for 150 yards and two t- 115 yards, excuse me, and two touchdowns. Both teams have already clinched a playoff spot and are in the mix for a first-round bye. Kansas City is only six and seven against the spread this year, and in over/unders, and New Orleans is seven and six and eight and five, respectively. Andy Reid cannot stick with his run game against the Saints' defense that allows the second-fewest rushing yards per game. If the Saints can keep it close, they may be able to take advantage of the Chiefs' ineffective front that allows the seventh-most rushing yards per game. Still, I'll take the Chiefs and the over in this matchup. A few more quick picks for Week 15. Panthers, plus 8.5 against Green Bay. Baltimore, minus 13.5 against Jacksonville. The Jets, plus 16.5 against the Rams. And Eagles, plus 6.5 against the Cardinals. All the odds are from December 16th on DraftKings Sportsbook. As always, thank you for listening to the Line'em Up on the Kirby On Sports podcast. For more in-depth analysis on football betting and fantasy football, check out profootballaction.com and follow me on Twitter at TheZackMamba24. Now, back to the show. I'd like to
0: take a moment to talk about my friends over at Regroup Building Services, specializing in custom homes, remodels, additions, and so much more. If you're looking for a new place to call home or Disney repairs on your current one... Look no further because Regroup Building Services has you covered. Just a couple months ago, Regroup Building Services came in and redid our entire kitchen. And boy, does it look great. I cannot recommend them enough. So if you're looking for anything to be done, make sure you check them out at www.regroupbuildingservices.com. Once again, that's www.regroupbuildingservices.com where they do the honey do's that your honey don't. Make sure you tell them Josh sent you. P.M. Plus providing capital reserve studies for condominium and homeowners associations in Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. for the past 30 years, now serving the I-81 corridor from Hagerstown, Maryland to Stanton, Virginia. Is it finally time to upgrade your home's interior? How about with an authentic farm table made locally from recycled barn wood? Shenandoah Primitives, based right here in Winchester, Virginia, makes farm tables, benches, tables, coffee tables, and a long list of other items for your home decorating needs. At Shenandoah Primitives, function and style are combined for great furniture that will last generations. If you're interested in combining the industrial look of metal with wood or considering something incredibly unique with a live edge, Shenandoah Primitives turns those ideas into reality. Thinking about a mirror, wine rack, or other act- XMPs for your home, Shenandoah Primitives can assist with that as well. As a local small business, Shenandoah Primitives is happy to work with each client for a custom design or schedule an appointment to come out and view current inventory. Local high-quality handmade items can be found at Shenandoah Primitives. Find us on Facebook and Instagram or visit us at www.ShenandoaPrimitives.com. Once again, that's www.ShenandoaPrimitives.com. All right. Thank you to Zach Ruff for lining up each and every week on the Kirby on Sports podcast. Uh, let's, let's wrap things up here, Dan. Glad you're with us once again. Uh, Always great doing this after taking a week off from the podcast, as mentioned earlier. It's great to be back here. It's time to what to look out for week 15 in the National Football League. Dan, let's start with you.
1: Oh, really? There's not a whole lot of matchups this week that I'm looking at that I say that stand out to me. Um, But one game I'm certainly watching out for is a possible Super Bowl preview. Kansas City travels to New Orleans to take on the Saints. It's going to be a good game. Um, You know, this this is going to be a real test, I think, for both teams. I think for the Saints, can they rebound after that tough performance against the Eagles, that tough loss? And, you know, if Kansas City does get a lead, will they do like they did this week where they kind of lay off the gas a little bit? You don't want to do that against the saints. So this it's, it's going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be a high scoring game because both defenses really struggle, but both offenses are fantastic and have a bunch of weapons. So um, since, since I like to see a lot of points and I like to see really a really good matchup, I'm looking forward to seeing that game on Sunday at four 25.
0: Um, one thing I'm not looking forward to the two <laughs> games on Saturday on NFL network, yeah. I still don't know why, to this day, they add two games on Saturday. It makes literally no sense to me. I have to work Saturdays and I I miss them. And it's a joke that NFL should be on Sundays, Mondays, and Thursdays. Yeah, luckily, COVID week, man. Lo- COVID. Luckily, it's week fifteen, yeah. and we don't have to deal with Saturday games. <laughs> but one or two weeks out of the season. But still, Saturday games, I don't like it.
1: Actually, no, wait. This doesn't have to do with COVID. Hasn't this happened the last couple years, right? They do
0: it every single year.
1: Yeah. The last, like, three or four years, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's the Bills and the Broncos, Mm and then 8-15, the Panthers and the um, Green Bay Packers. So right, what I'm looking out for... Potentially the Philadelphia Eagles with Jalen Hurts starting could get their second big win against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, still not a big sample size, but if Jalen Hurts can come out and beat Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals, that could be huge. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it could be huge. And that's yeah. my, what to look out for.
1: That's 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 a good pick. And, we'll, you know, we're, we're really, really looking to see if the Cardinals can step up too. Um, you know, they've lost three of their last four games, Josh. And um, so they're they're trying to get back on track. And Kyler really hasn't played well of late here. So, again, a really good matchup between two really between two young quarterbacks. It's it's going to be exciting. Um and that's that's actually a great game that I overlooked, but definitely going to be a fun one for sure.
0: Absolutely. So that about wraps up the entire show, episode number ninety nine, the last single digit episode for the Kirby Double Un-Sports digits. Pod. See, you
1: did it again. Double digits. Single why do digits. I say
0: single digits? I don't know. I don't why, know. But, Sing, single anyway.
1: digits are one through nine. So
0: the last. Double-digit episode for the Kirby on Sports (laughs) Podcast. Once again, doing this for two-plus years, and I've enjoyed every single moment. Dan, you've been with me through this ride for quite a while, and I appreciate you sticking by me. Um, Can't wait for more, um, but that about wraps it up for this week, episode 99 of the Kirby on Sports Podcast. As always... Brought to you by Regroup Building Services, PM Plus Reserves, and Shenandoah Primitives. As always, want to give a big thanks to MPT Now Productions, Dave Johnson, and Productions by Quet for all their support as well. You can catch the Kirby on Sports podcast on all streaming platforms and anchor.fm slash the Kirby on Sports podcast. Dan, as always, thanks for um, being with us on this episode, and hopefully we will get you back on next week. Until the next episode, always remember to create greatness, and we will see you next time. Peace out.